Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. What's up? What's up? Getting 1998 up in here, wow. Yeah, man, bringing it back. Do you guys get Bud Light commercials? Because I know we've talked about how the commercials are not the same over there as they are over here. Well, Bud Light's only just come over here, like, last summer. But I don't, I don't remember seeing any commercials. Oh, no, the commercials are those stupid dilly-ding, dilly-dong. Yep, there's those. The What's Up is an old Budweiser commercial from, like, the 90s. But that was normal Budweiser, not Bud Light. We got all of those. <laughs> okay, that's what I meant. The same company. Would they be the best advert ever? No. Geico. Definitely Geico. I told you, you guys don't get them, but, like, Geico commercials and Arby's commercials are definitely the way to go. We got the meats! Yeah, we have the meats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of having the meats... Uh, and <laughs> and uh, and congestive heart failure. Yep. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> How are we introducing me like this now? Uh, I believe, and we have it on record that you said you would get gout by the time you're forty if it killed you. I would consider it a failure if I didn't. Yeah. Correct. Still, yeah. That's I'm not, still not happy about being introduced as he's got all the meats. <laughs> I'm just not happy with that. His blood type is ragu. It's super producer Ian Stimson. Uh, no hat tricks for Pulisic today, then, no? No, no, just the one goal. That was yesterday. Just the one. It's sad. He's old hat now. It's like uh, a few months ago, you'd have been going crazy for one goal, but now it's just like pff, blase. Past it. Gone. Oh, I'm still wearing my Pulisic jersey and have been going around telling everyone, hey, do you know this Pulisic guy? He plays soccer. You should watch soccer. You know, at the drive thru. Sir, sir, <laughs> we just need $5 for your french fries. Do you have? A, can you spare a moment for our Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic? <laughs> yeah, you can see Oscar's Broadway show coming to a town near you, The Book of Pulisic, very soon. <laughs> Would watch. Yeah. Would watch. Once I clear the rights to those costumes, then we're all set to go. You know, they love when you call sports uniforms costumes, right? That's. <laughs> I had a yes. girlfriend that was like, "Oh, I really like their costumes." I was like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> and that is why she's an ex-girlfriend. Um. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. If it is your first time, we are miles offside. I'm, I'm an American. They're two Brits. All three of us are kind of assholes, and we talk about the Premier League, but also mostly nonsense and other things. See you next week. Yeah. And if you uh, <laughs> if you are returning, then once again, as I always say, look at your life. Look at your choices. Why are you here? Make better choices. But we are appreciative of you being here. To be fair, at this point, I'd even take it if people were listening just to figure out Am I that much of an arsehole? Wait, there's bigger arseholes than me. It's fine. We're an arsehole yardstick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll take it. And if the answer to that question is no, then you join our Patreon at, miles, at <laughs> patreon.com slash milesoffside. Yeah, give us more money, enable us, and we'll step it up. You know, it's like when you, uh, when you pay for a gym membership, but you never actually go. It's just like your fat tax because you feel guilty about being fat. It's like that. This is your asshole tax. Just give us money and it'll make you feel less guilty about how much of an asshole you are. Ooh, feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> I didn't say what gym or who. I didn't say anything about having smoothies in the front while your wife works out or anything like that. Smoothies. Jesus Christ, at least it's not rapid fire fucking intros. Come oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, that takes us to our first segment. We'll start as we always do with rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening... Diego Maradona was given a hero's welcome as he watched a game from a throne at his old club, <laughs> Newell's. 
How do you welcome a legend like Diego Maradona per- back to your club? With a pitch side throne, of course. The former Argentina forward was appointed a manager of some club uh, last month and on Tuesday took his side against his former club, Newell's Old Boys, and he was presented with a framed painting, a canvas artwork, a Newell's shirt, and a throne, which he signed before the match at a packed Marcelo Bielsa Stadium. He also danced and joined in the home fans' chants as they sung his name before kickoff. And what isn't featured there uh, is that he did fl- fly in on a dragon. Um, <laughs> it was an iron throne. And there he was, yeah. Uh, Maradona actually won the Game of Thrones. No one had that, did they? No one had Maradona winning it. No. Uh, does he need the ego boost? They did go on to win the match 4-0 against Newell's. I think that's my favourite part of that story, is that he's coming in in a professional capacity to be the manager of their opponent... And they throw up, like, basically a parade for him. And then proceed to lose 4-0. I feel like there's a conflict of interest there, no? Uh, I mean, first of all, does Maradona have a professional capacity? Um, (laughs) And had he just been out partying with all the Newell's Old Boys people the night before? Um, I was going to say, he has a cocaine capacity, and it's all the cocaine. Well, that's about it, really. We've hit the hot buttons there. Diego Maradona, ego, (laughs) cocaine, rapid fire. Let's go. Yeah, moving on then. Uh, there is a video from the BBC Sport. Watch the moment a referee stops play during a peace match in Israel to book Kaká in order to get a selfie with the Brazil legend. And the picture is just <laughs> this uh, referee in the center circle in the middle of a match taking a selfie. A peace match. So is that the Middle East solved now? Is that done? Well, it was about to be until that selfie. She stopped the match. <laughs> so, you know, we can blame her for everything. Oh, okay. So it's this referee's fault that the uh, peace process is ongoing. And in terms of, like, abuses of power, that's way up there at the minute. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mike Dean would be most likely to do that. No, he'd stop it so his car car could have a selfie with him. (laughs) (laughs) He just goes around asking players for... They're like, you want a selfie with me? Do you? Do you want a selfie with me? For your socials? Yeah. A selfie? A selfie? Just signing autographs everywhere. I didn't ask for this. Take it, mate. Take it. Yeah. (laughs) Signs the yellow card, gives he's it got, to him. He's got like signed postcards, pictures of him just going, play on. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those Harry Potter pictures where he's moving. <laughs> like yeah. It's like an yeah. animated one, and it's just him running with his arms held up for 30 seconds. <laughs> While Tottenham score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's worse, VAR or selfies? Selfies. VAR is like selfies for goals, right? In a certain sense. Uh, are is VAR to goals what selfies are for photos? Impractical, makes people look stupid. You doubt its implementation. Yes, they're basically the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. There you go. Uh, for the record, we still stand VAR, even despite it going against Chelsea this week. But whatever. Let's see. Up next, uh, per Gerard Piquet, the Barcelona players were willing to delay their pay to help re-sign Neymar. Uh, Barcelona players offered to accept delays if it would help them re-sign Neymar in the summer. They did everything possible to sign him, but a move did not materialize. Quote, we were ready to adjust our contracts, PK told Spanish radio station. We weren't going to contribute money, but we were going to make things easier by allowing some payments to be made in the second or third year of our contracts instead of the first. For Neymar. For Neymar. Fucking mum bummer. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that was the weirdest fucking... How is that not a news tag? Neymar fucked his mum and posted it on social media. Right, hang on. What's this now? <laughs> Did you not see? It wasn't no. it like... 
slamming or something like that. It was a picture of him like lying. His mum was lying face down on a sofa. <laughs> he like lies down on top and doesn't it say slamming or something like that? I I did not see this. No? Someone do a Google fact check. I mean, this is the same guy, again, who is sick or injured every year on his sister's birthday. And uh, Neymar fucked his mum. All I know is I'm very uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh, dear. What was it? Because I I remember seeing it, but I didn't take... I I assumed it was him saying that that was his baby's mum. And that's I didn't put I didn't take it as him fucking his mum at all. But let me just have a look. Okay, okay. I would like to apologise, Chuck, because yes, the caption is "smashing mummy." Thank you. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> and he is on top of her. And is it that looks do you grim. think that's a potential lost in translation moment, or is he just if you read it in Brazilian, is it like fucking the shit out of mummy? <laughs> I gotta say, when I put this in the news rundown, I did not anticipate going in this direction. <laughs> no, to be honest, all you really expected was Neymar is prick next. Yeah, um, yeah basically, but... I figured this would be a two-second story. Okay, well, um, if you'll allow me to take over news quickly. Uh, yeah, please Neymar do. rapidly became a topic of discussion on social media this week after he posted an image of himself with his mother on Instagram, so you're quite right, Chuck. As a player who never shies away from controversy, Neymar has once again become the centre of attention for all the wrong reasons. Or incest. The Brazilian took to Instagram on Monday to post an image of himself and his mother along with a caption that read, Smashing Mommy, when translated from Portuguese with a heart emoji. (laughs) With imagination seemingly running wild on social media, fans subsequently reacted to what many deemed to be a bizarre post. And then there's just a load of replies to him that are just taking the piss. Yeah, I mean, it says imagination's running wild. That that imagination is chained up and incredibly timid. It does not take no, a you literally posted a much bit. of a stretch. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that would be like if Alexis Sanchez posted a photo of a jar of peanut butter and was like, "Love my dogs," <laughs> <laughs> and then people were like, "Oh, did you take that the wrong way?" No, no. And people were willing to defer their payment for that. All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, speaking of pricks. Uh, Chelsea transfer ban update. FIFA punishment was given after 150 rule breaches involving 69 academy players. The two-window ban, which ends in February 2020, was upheld by the world governing body in May after an appeal. New details of the case came to light after being published in a FIFA legal website. It shows how Chelsea claimed many academy players were only trialists and did not play in organized matches, but one player described the way this took part in 75 games between September and February. <laughs> so, you know, a trial, 75-game trial. 75, you're not quite sure. That's sort of like, you know, not necessarily try before you buy, but take it home, eat it eat it for dinner, <laughs> shit it out, and then bring it back. Yeah, it's like, what's the the return window for Casper Mattress? It's like keeping it for like 364 days. days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then on the last that. day after being like, yeah, you know what? I don't need it. But then you make a fake second email address and you're like, I'm going to need to try another one. Did Frank Lampard ever pass his trial? Or is that still ongoing? He <laughs> was West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's still a West Ham trialist. Yeah. yeah, it's just West Ham are just really pushing it back and pushing it back. Uh, stop getting butt hurt and moaning about this transfer yeah, yeah, this does make me feel a little bit better about the like $10 fine that other clubs got. And it's like 150 different rule reaches with 69. Nice. Academy players. <laughs> nice. But, you know, you'd never have the um, the the season you're having now without it. So, you know, be thankful. Yeah. 
Exactly. And in terms of rule breaches, um, as the great prophet uh, George Michael once said, if you're going to do it, do it right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Certainly not a case of like the, we were talking last week about the guy that like barely deserved the card because of the VAR thing. We're like, oh, have you ever gotten in trouble for barely deserving it? Now, these guys fucking deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) It does sound like it. Fully, fully deserved. Bayern Munich have parted company with Niko Kovac following a heavy loss. Uh, the decision followed Saturday's 5-1 defeat to Eintracht Frankfurt, which was the German champion's second in 10 Bundesliga games. So, sorry, was that your attempt at a German accent? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Needs work. Uh, yes, he, I mean, he lasted way longer than we thought. We spoke about him, wasn't it way back at like the beginning of last season? Yeah. When he was going to get fired. Um <laughs> I mean, they lost three games in their last 17. Which, you know, by their standards is pretty bad. But if that was Man United, they'd be having a parade, I think. (laughs) For sure. Uh, But the other half of this is that now there are rumors that Mauricio Pochettino will be going to Bayern. Along with rumors recently that that Mourinho will be going to Arsenal. So a bit of a manager shakeup in North London, both of the North London clubs. Which of those two do we think is more likely? Uh, Pochettino to Bayern. Do you think? I think Mourinho to Arsenal's got like Arsenal written all over it. It does have Arsenal written all over it, yeah. Adam P tweeted us and said, uh, does he have to keep watching Arsenal if Mourinho end up managing them? I mean, if he's made it all these years, how much worse could I was going to say, if he's still watching Arsenal at the minute, I mean, he's got far more resilience than any of us give him credit for. True. Like, it, it can't get worse. Surely. <laughs> it can totally get worse. <laughs> Mourinho... I think we this is like the shit. this is like the one thing Mourinho could do that would make me genuinely feel betrayed, even more than Man United, because like Man United, he was trying to come in and like kind of take over Fergie's le- legacy, so like that makes sense to me. But this is like Arsenal are trash and like really directly our ri- one of our rivals and like a team that we hate. Like just go to Bayern Munich, dude. Go to Bayern Munich and do a better job than Pep did, and then how fucking hilarious would that be? Yeah, but he wouldn't want to do that and then not outperform what what Pep did, you know what I mean? That's true. Egg on face. Uh, but yeah, that's how much we know about Niko Kovac because we spoke for 70% of the time about other teams and other managers. All right, well, that'll take us then to the fixture rundown, starting with on Saturday, November 2nd, at some unknown time because it was Daylight Saving somewhere and not Daylight Saving somewhere else. And then halfway through the weekend, <laughs> it then changed again to Daylight Saving somewhere and not somewhere else. We had born with one... Manchester United 0, 1.5 to Bournemouth to 0.8 Manchester United on XG. So, you know, maybe 1-0 is a bit harsh, but also Bournemouth were significantly better. So, yeah. not that harsh of a result. And United are really going to kick on now, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, did tweet right before this match, and I'm not backing down because of this one result. Uh, I do think that Man United's underlying numbers are going to catch up to them sooner or later. And with Martial and Rashford both being healthy again, I do think that time might be now. So I th- I said by the end of November, they would be in the top four. Bit ambitious looking at the point differentials mm. there, but I do think they'll be close. And I do think that by the end of this month, people won't be talking about the whole like, Man United are in crisis, 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 crisis. Yeah, good that it only took you one week to uh, change the parameters of your prediction. That's <laughs> nice one, well, all right. Uh, you know. I, I mean, what is... Damning and also quite strange because as much as we slagged off Bournemouth and they've been 
kind of up and down and topsy-turvy for quite a while. Uh, it's their third clean sheet in a row, albeit they played uh, Norwich and Watford before Man United. But they scored one goal in that time in those three matches. And of course, it would be against Man United. So, you know, literally got a worse defence than Watford and Norwich. Um, facts. <laughs> facts don't lie, do they, Joe? Facts don't lie. It was a, numbers, it was a very bad lie. performance from United. Their underlying numbers looked very bad. By understat, they have them at 1.9. Understat. Yes. It was bad. It was United's probably United's worst performance on top of a bad result. Awful. Awful. And especially considering how much like Man United had normally sucked off on telly and it, it they were like second last on match of the day, which is yeah, they suck. It was boring. So boring. Alright, well then let's move on uh to the next disappointing allegedly big team in England, one of many this year. Arsenal won, Wolves won. Uh one point one to Arsenal on XG to Wolves one point four. Allowing Wolves to come to your stadium and do one point four not good if you're Arsenal. Yeah, Granite. Uh, bit weird. Granite Jacker wasn't in the team. <laughs> uh, something didn't. I didn't. Didn't realize that. Has something gone on with him? Or because uh, usually a mainstay. Uh, he, he may have come down with the same mystery illness that Harry Kane has. I did like how. Yeah, exactly. I did like during the week how the sort of narrative seemed to change in the media from uh, you know Jacker's a bell end to. Oh, actually, no way. All Arsenal fans are bellends. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, yeah, probably that well, one. Well, did you yeah. see what he said? Like, he released an official statement. Apparently, his wife and daughter had been getting, like, threats from Arsenal fans. Well, it's just the standard... I mean, we could go on about this for a long time, but it's it's just the standard social media bullshit, um, which is people feel like they have some sort of uh, permission to abuse or judge people. Yeah. Uh, that they've never met and are never going to see and would then say things that they would never, ever say to your face. Like, you know, death threats and... Especially when it's posted a picture of you with your newborn child and it's such an incredible, amazing time and all you, you get because you're a public figure and because you chose to play for a garbage dumpster full of shithead fucking fans. Um, you get... Just people saying to fuck off, threatening your life, threatening your kids' lives, saying, I hope you stay at home. Like, yeah, Arsenal fans can fuck off. Yeah, I'm definitely Team Shaka on this now. For the record, it's not all Arsenal fans. It's no, it's all Arsenal fans. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's all, all Arsenal, Arsenal fans. fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In some, one way or another, they deserve all the misery they get. <laughs> We do have quite a few Arsenal fan listeners, and uh, for that, I apologize. Zero. <laughs> I stand by everything I said. You heard me. Uh, Lacazette assist, which is good for fantasy people who are considering him. He may be back. He might be cheap. Good differential pick, um, both draft-wise. I'm sure he's not drafted on a lot of teams if you're playing fan tracks. Uh, or FPL. He's probably not particularly well picked up. So Indeed. And lovely that... Uh, transferred in this week for the pod team. Jimenez scores three bonus points. Lovely jubbly. Thank you. Thanks all of you out there. And uh, thanks Ian for suggesting it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks Chuck giving me the credit or something that I just stole after you said it. Yeah. Jimenez who was rotting away on my Fantrax bench giving Adam our good friend Adam P the fucking victory over me for 60 points from Jimenez on my bench. And Adam won by like 30. What? You, what? I left him down there for 
fucking Callum, because I was all excited about how Callum and Pulisic were going to play together. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. that. <laughs> Next, yeah. Aston Villa. Uh, what was the scoreline here? Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 2, Kaylee had it and 0.8 to 2.7 on XG. So Liverpool actually mildly underperforming, but a solid victory. Villa need to stop scoring early. They just can't. Like, it feels... I've said it so many times that they just... They get themselves in these positions and they do well, but they just cannot hold out like against anyone. No, and it's such a shame because they just they just cannot catch a break. And we really thought, I think, especially with Villa, the uh, the way the Villa and Liverpool and uh, City Southampton matches went were very very similar in that you know they were both losing. City were going to miss out on this chance to kind of catch up with Liverpool. Uh, then City scored. And then I think City went ahead before Liverpool equalised. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're just looking at the table and, and seeing it. All, and then all of a sudden it goes. And apparently, um, they when they finished the match, Man City, they knew, they thought that like, Liverpool were drawn, but then obviously got back in the changing room and saw like, oh, it was 2-1. Yeah. And a lot of this uh, XG and a lot of this performance will be game state relevant. Like we don't really talk about that that much because I don't. I try not to get overly nerdy, but a lot of times when you're looking at XG you numbers, you have to think this about has like been you holding back. <laughs> oh yeah, you have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God, if me, me, Dave, and Adam ever started a side podcast, like it would just be the driest, <laughs> most boring shit on the planet. This is very much me holding back. But yeah, like so, Liverpool putting up two point seven here. A lot of that came after, the most of that really came after Villa's 1-0, and then they just like fully withdrew, right? They tried to turtle shell or park the bus or however you want to call it, and so Liverpool just were like nonstop pinging crosses in, playing passes, getting shot after shot after shot after shot. I think like, close to the end, definitely, uh, for sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say they, they did that straight away afterwards, but you know, Villa have quite good strength in the counter-attack. And they had a, they came very close to going two nil um, up, and then obviously who knows what what can happen there. But you just know with Liverpool that you know once it got to the end, I was saying to you guys, and especially when they equalised, like Liverpool will absolutely hammer them. And if you watch the highlights on match of the day after, once it gets close to when they scored the first, and until mm-hmm. the end of the match, it's just attack, 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 shot. Yeah, it really is. And and they got a bit of luck, but I mean this stat that I saw which is quite interesting you can kind of spin one of two ways but 10 of Liverpool's 31 points this year have come from losing positions which is insane that's really insane like well that goes to what we were saying when we did the like 24% awards they've been like very lucky in a lot of situations they're overperforming by a very wide margin Mm, on points yeah and like yeah exactly on points on expected points on wins on goals scored all of the above and I think a lot of that is like they're barely squeaking by, which is what I was saying. Like, they were not an eight-win team, but they had eight wins, which, like, that just kind of happens sometimes. But I think that does show out in the more traditional sort of metrics here as well. Like, the they had 25 shots to Villa's four. And they had 74% possession. So that, like, really just shows how much Villa were just like, I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend. And Liverpool, just by sheer volume, because a lot of those shots were from outside the box, not particularly high opportunity shots. Yeah. And Aston Villa defended really well for a lot of the game. They they defended, you know, they, did. they do. They just they just cannot get the rub of the green. And like they needed they needed an outlet for possession. And I think that's where they were really missing Jack Grealish because he's able to hold the ball up and he's able to sort of relieve the pressure. Yeah. 
even against the top teams. Like, he's that good of a, you know, I mean, Chuck, you talk about Zaha that way too. Like, when Palace are pegged in against, like, a really strong team, Zaha, especially on his day, Mm -hmm. can be a huge outlet to relieve some of that pressure, maybe create a counterattack, maybe remind Liverpool that they should keep at least one of their two fullbacks in defense once in a while. Whereas here, they had the full field to do whatever the fuck they wanted. Well, I mean, McGinn's kind of got that that kind of quality as well, which is why I think once it's him and Grealish together, it, it kind of amplifies that. But yeah. Um, yeah, that hadn't actually occurred to me. And I think you're exactly right. Not having Grealish, um, obviously he's still got a bit of a mistake in him and to get, he's suspended, isn't he? Um, I think it was five think... yellow. No, 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 it was an injury. It was an injury because he was yellow on FPL and then they said right after the match, because I was like, oh, do I, should I transfer him out? They're like, no, nah, he'll be back next game. Gotcha. So I'm pretty okay. sure it was an injury. But it hadn't really occurred to me that he wasn't playing. Yeah, you're always going to have a hard day against Liverpool, but then to not have your captain and your most sort of create creative offensive outlet on the mm-hmm. pitch, like that's how you get 74% possession for Liverpool and 25 shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two and a half, 2.7 XG, depending on who you ask. Like, But I, I, that is rough on Villa. I did think they were, I was hoping they would get more, especially how late the game went. Yeah, naturally, five minutes added on, of course. And it, yeah. you know, such like, how do you score a header like backwards? <laughs> Mane was running like forty-five degrees away from the goal and headed it behind him from one angle. It just looks like it hits his ass. Like I think where the ball comes <laughs> down off his head, it looks like as it flies in, it just smashes his ass and goes in. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Pulisic last week. It just looks like a header that's meant to be a flick on, but then it ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, um, but no, Liverpool they're still winning games. Still winning games, yeah. Uh, you know who's not winning games is Norwich or Norwich City, Shock, if you will. Horror. Why wasn't this in the uh, news section? That Norwich <laughs> are winning games. Yeah, big <laughs> yeah, news. Exactly. Big news. Actually, I totally forgot about this match. I forgot the main thing that I do with Norwich now is just check that Pookie hasn't scored and then be delighted that I banked the profit when I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking trash. Uh, speaking of fucking trash, Southampton. Southampton. <laughs> Southampton <laughs> 1, Manchester City 2. Manchester City 3.3 on XG to Southampton's 1. So a bit of an underperformance from City's offense there. And also, more importantly, conceding 1 to Southampton. I continue to be worried about Manchester City's defense. They continue to get away with it. And I do wonder how long this can go on. But 2-1 victory and uh, come from behind victory. And an and a overall good performance on the XG for a city. So. It's one of them, though, with defence-wise, obviously, you know, record books will show a not, uh, you know, a loss of a clean sheet against Southampton. But ultimately, it was just Edison spilling the ball, wasn't it? It wasn't like a terrible defensive mix-up or anything like that. He just couldn't keep hold of the shot. And Ward-Prowse it was did seem... quick, quick off the mark, you know. Yeah, it did seem like it was a bit of a weird judgment to try and mm. smother the ball like that because it was moving at a fair pace and who was it that was there defending uh i can't remember the name of the defender but it wouldn't have been a center back i know that yeah uh but i mean ward prowse is a prick <laughs> yeah you don't like him do you? i forgot that no i hate him <laughs> why um, hate his face. what's the origin of that he I said don't... that before he hates his face <laughs> he hates his face Just look at him look at him uh the way he talks the way he plays <laughs> Uh, the thing with Zaha, it's all it all ends up stemming back there to Palace in some ways. Yeah, of course it does. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> and a triple captain Raheem Sterling. 
Uh, a um, lot of people triple captain city players in this week. Did they? Mm. Yeah. It's annoying because seven of my other players returned, some of which in a big way. Uh, Lundstrom, my boy. Yeah, we'll get to that next. Yeah, I'm going to captain him. Fucking, <laughs> he's playing Tottenham and Man United next. Like that's captain material. It's not, right it's not a bad call, is it? Um, no, not at all. Do it, you cowards. But yeah, that was that was a bit painful. So watching it, I think it kind of skewed me watching the game a little bit um, because Ian you said earlier like that was the most exciting game and you thought it was way more than Villa Liverpool but I think just the pain of knowing that Sterling wasn't going to score or do anything <laughs> and KDB wasn't either and it was just like Argh! Southampton did nothing I know they have 0.9 on the XG but if you look at the map it's that one spilled shot and then two very tiny dots from about 40 yards out <laughs> yeah and a loss is a loss is a loss Exactly. Yep. All right. Not much else to say there then, I guess. We can probably move on. Well, except that I thought Southampton did a really decent job for a long time defensively. I mean, considering how I assume that after the Leicester match, Harsen Hootel had them working on shape constantly all week because they actually kept their shape mm. this week for a lot of it. They defended pretty well. They, were, they did 76 clearances. To, like they were up against it. They were up against it, but there are a bunch of like when you look at this extreme map, there are a bunch of very large dots in the in and around the six yard box and like well inside of the penalty spot. So I don't know how good of a job they did. Like they may have kept their shape, but City were still getting like high value shots off left and right. True. Maybe not. Maybe it was more that City were not so good in front of goal because it took them a long time to get a shot on target. It really did. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of that at the minute, but. I mean, Aguero has scored with nine of his ten shots on target this year. Um, like, the guy, when he does actually hit it, you know, he's hitting it so well. But they kept, they, all the shots were off target. I think, like, the first 13, 14, I was watching yeah. them, like, rack up. It was ridiculous. And, like, really, really high-value shots just going wayward. Um, but I will actually think about it, Ian. I, I'll, I'll agree with you there that it did seem, uh, watching highlights, that... Southampton were a, a lot more coherent and kind of sticking together as a team. Mm. Uh, I think especially after getting absolutely smashed, having to go to the Etihad again. Um, you know, there was a heavy loss to Chelsea recently as well. So I think it's it's one of those situations where they can easily almost throw the manager under a bus with it, but it didn't seem like they, they want to do yeah, that. Yeah, it which, just didn't feel like that, yeah. Yeah, which shows that yeah, well, maybe there's not something incredibly wrong only that they're not really getting the luck um and you know they got punished by a very good attacking team after they went down to 10 men in the first half yeah um although i still stand by like why he didn't make a fucking substitution in that game on never yeah there's still a lack of a lack of awareness in changing the situation both from players and manager i think i mean yeah i think you know players have to take some responsibility what? In this day and age? No. Never. <laughs> Never. Uh, all right, let, let's keep going. Lundstrom time. Lundstrom time. Yep. Talk about Lundstrom. Lundstrom <laughs> Sheffield United 3, Burnley 0. Burnley did not get Burnley. Burnley actually sucked. 2.3 to 0.6 on the XG. Uh, so a pretty fair scoreline, 2.6 if you ask Understat. And I think the only story here is Lundstrom, right? Lundstrom. Yeah. If you, and I've seen a lot of this around, and regardless of this week, if you still play Fantasy Premier League, you have Lundstrom, and you don't play him in your team, you are a tosser. Hi, Raph. <laughs> That's it. 
Good friend of the podcast, Raf. We are talking about you specifically. <laughs> Every single week, people are saying, "Oh, Winston's on my bench. He's on my bench." Don't Why? fuck off, fuck him off. He's the top scoring defender. Top, literally the top scoring defender, and that was before the two goals. He was already the top scoring defender because he's not a defender. He's not a defender. He's playing as like almost an attacking midfielder. He's scoring all of these goals. He's not going to get dropped. Sheffield United show no fucking respect to any team. It's a, it's really fun to watch. I really like Sheffield. I really really yeah. like Sheffield. I will eat my words about saying their system does not work. We talked about it in the preview. It said that I don't know if teams are going to know what the hell to do with this. How do you play a back three where two of them are basically false 10 center backs? Like, what? <laughs> false 10 center backs. That's brilliant, yeah. Who knows? It's, it's bizarre. I mean, who the hell do these upstart teams think they are scoring three against Burnley? It's just... You just don't, you just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still Burnley. But even Sean Dyche admitted that they would just shit they like were really it's one bad. of the best most honest post-match interviews i don't know whether they just you know they never normally snip these bits <laughs> in but he was just like we weren't good they were very good they are a very good team and and that was it you're seeing the post-match there of a man who just couldn't be more comfortable in his job he just that man is a hero in burnley that's a fact. But yeah, Sheffield United, good. Lundstrom, amazing. All right, next up we had West Ham 2, Newcastle 3. Weird match. I didn't watch any of it because there were so many other weird things happening at that 10 o'clock fixture. Stevie Bruce, long may he reign. Always <laughs> always said he's good. Um, this is Newcastle's first match where they have scored more than one goal. Ever in the history of Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, in life. And it is... The the 3-2 scoreline very much flatters West Ham. Uh, 1.6 on XG. Kaylee has them no. where? Kaylee has them at 1.5. So the, both like of that. those round up to 2. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch this match, so I can't speak to the eye test at all, but the numbers would indicate that 2 is not that much of an aberration. It really, Yeah, it didn't feel like it. It really did feel like West Ham were... Clutching at straws, getting their two goals. I think because, and the XG, like the Balbuena goal was literally, he was two, three yards in front of goal. Yeah, yeah there is quite the large dot there. The ball the ball came across and it had gone past three defenders. It had already gone past the goalkeeper and he, he tapped it in afterwards. So that's like huge. But I count 13 shots inside the box. 13? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they, they were good. <laughs> shots in the box are generally pretty good shots to have. Nah, nah, they were shit. And uh, Newcastle defended well, uh, hit them on the break. Good from set pieces. You got some love uh, for your boy. Alan said Maximum. There we go. Looks good. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> don't, know, don't even know why. Just like him now. Um, Knew he'd get a mention. He should have. He, he was one on one with the keeper two, if not three times. That was bizarre. And fucked it yeah. up. He is. Him and Miguel Almiron are just. There was one point where he beat the goalkeeper. <laughs> He'd gone round and he went for the tapping, then took it past another player and then stopped and rather than take the shot, rolled it back, passed he? it across <laughs> the box to Almiron, who had an open goal, and he missed it as well. Like, <laughs> it was bizarre. Those two are just like I feel frustrated. God knows how a Newcastle fan must feel, because St James's Park is very high. Like you could Throw yourself off that. <laughs> I mean, oh, if, if XG is only counted at the point where the final shot is taken, that's a problem because that whole move there that Chuck just yeah. described should have been three XG, no problem. Well, there are <laughs> other XG models. I've talked a little bit about non-shot XG. Yeah. 
Um, although you don't generally assign multiple XG values to one play. <laughs> no, it was that it was that good stroke bad, Oscar. It should have been. It was. I can, I actually I'd be curious to see. There's not like good publicly available non-shot XG models that have data for like every match. And no one's really sitting there. Put, like, if you have a model that takes a lot of work, you're not doing it for West Ham Newcastle. <laughs> Fair point. <You> know? <laughs> um, but I would be curious to see that. If any, if there are any listeners that know where to get good non-shot XG model numbers, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, because I haven't found, like, a consistent source. And and I would also not like to hear from you, so just send that to Oscar. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just send it to Oscar. Absolutely fine. Um, Watford... Watford still haven't won a game after 11 <laughs> games. Um, is this worse than Frank de Boer at Palace? It's not going good. Watford 1, Chelsea 2, Watford 0.5, plus a penalty on XG to Chelsea's 2.0. So not a huge distance off the scoreline. Watford maybe feels slightly aggrieved not to have drawn, uh, but Understat has it at 2.2 to 1.4, so... Really, I think a pretty fair result on behalf of Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea still look good. I mean, we we can't keep saying the same things about Chelsea every week. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. Exciting that Pulisic scored again, but like whatever. What one thing that just stood out to me is Tammy Abraham. Chelsea were two 0 up. They were cruising, and he missed a couple of chances, and he was absolutely fucking livid with himself, yeah. like going mental, slamming the floor. Like that guy just wants to score goals. At- billion times over well and he probably also knows that normally we need four to secure the win <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is true and also it's Watford so he should have got yeah so two zero up I was like ah I'm nervous and we were fucking squeaky bum timing at the end there I don't know if you guys caught this match but the whole last five minutes we were like oh god oh god please no just dying for the whistle the I love the uh Ben Foster diving header Oh uh, my god! <laughs> oh my yes, that was that. I forgot. That. Yeah. So good. Oh, that would have that would have been a moment. I wouldn't even have been angry when you get scored <laughs> on by a keeper on the corner. You're like, all right, fair enough. I mean, because it it was really weird to see like the final whistle go and see like goalkeepers <laughs> stood next to each other, but they just like embraced and were laughing exactly. like yeah. right at the end. Yeah. It's like goalkeepers union full on there. Like I don't really like Kepa, but that was a fucking fantastic save to to like preserve the win. Many good, many good save. Yeah. Um, was it was it a penalty or not, Oscar? Uh yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm not even mad. <laughs> good. Like good. There was Just a, checking. Okay, so this this sparked a whole conversation, and people were like, "Oh, VAR finally fucked Chelsea." It's like, no, there are a lot of unspoken rules, but they're unspoken. When you introduce VAR, VAR has to go by the book, by what is written, and by the letter of the law. That is a penalty. They clipped his foot in the box. It impeded his ability to keep running. And then he went down. It doesn't matter that he went down two steps later. He still got fouled in the box. Pen is a pen is a pen. Sorry. Yeah, I found it weird, the reaction about that one. I saw there was a really good replay of it with a camera like right on the line, basically. It's yeah. it's got to be only because Dale Lefeu kind of takes another step and then... It's a dive. Throws, throws himself a bit, yeah. but it's not a dive. It's a delayed reaction no 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 there's a that was a dive but you can have a penalty and a dive that is a thing that never gets called or given but if you get fouled and then you dive and embellish it you deserve a yellow for embellishment but also it's still a penalty like i'm fine with both of those things but it's weird that commentators always say you have to go down for a penalty you have to go down to get awarded a penalty etc etc and then when you make yourself go down oh he's diving like it's just yeah well it's because he's foreign like, honestly, <laughs> not to get overly political, but it's because he's a Spaniard. Without a doubt, there's a little bit of that. Whenever it's a foreign player goes down, that 
there is an undercurrent of that. Foreign player or a black player. Well, well yes, yeah. those two things. Anyway, uh, I do want to spare one moment before we move on to say Jorginho's pass. Oh, my God. He's Mwah. he's developing long passing now, which he didn't have before. His his short passing has always been, obviously, last prolific, highly accurate, crazy. You know, he set the record for passes or whatever last year. But it was always short passing. This year, he's developing more vision and understanding with the players around him. And he's slowly morphing into Cesc Fabregas light. And if we can have that <laughs> added element in our midfield, it's a huge, huge victory. He didn't even look. He, like, first-timed, without picking his head up, pinged that ball perfectly into space for Tammy to just chip the keeper. It was a beautiful, perfect and pass. And he knew. Tammy fucking knew. Yep. They're all, they're like hitting that wavelength where they just fucking know each other so well. All of the players. And Pulisic slid right in. Like, he also is just linking up with those guys almost intuitively. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's move on to Palace. Palace, uh, you guys got another caption from Kaylee this week. So, congratulations. Yeah, It says, defend well, finish well isn't usually a top four strategy, but given the competition, it seems reasonably likely to be enough for the Foxes. So, Kaylee seems to think they'll finish top four. We had Palace zero to Still Leicester Still doesn't mention two. Palace. No, it doesn't. Nah, it hates it. <laughs> uh, 0.5 to Palace on XG, Leicester City 1.1. So, a bit of a harsh result to go to zero there. But anything really to say here, Chuck? Kind of expected with the run Leicester are on. Um, it was a bit hopeful, really, to expect anything from that game um, for Palace. I mean, all I've seen is kind of a Sky Sports three-minute highlights, and all it is is Leicester with the ball, Leicester shot, Leicester with the ball, Leicester shot, um, Palace fouling a Leicester player. Yep. Um, and that's about it. So I can't imagine there was really much to go on in the game. Um, I think very poor defending from the set piece. Yes. Uh, because it was very Soyuncu scoring off of the second corner. That was off the corner. That was the second corner back to back where Guaita had just saved from Johnny Evans as well. So we're showing a bit of a weakness at set pieces, which I don't like, because that's then two against Arsenal and one against uh, Leicester. When before that we hadn't conceded from a set piece this season. Um, and then Vardy does Vardy things. Yeah, um, good shot too. Scores a good goal, goal, runs past the Palace fans doing an eagle celebration, and um, I can't. It, I I really like Jamie Vardy, and the fact that he can be ripping the shit out of my team, and I can still laugh <laughs> is brilliant. <laughs> good value. All right, moving on then to our Burnley of the week. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. Uh, we got Everton 1, Tottenham 1. Tottenham saving a draw here. Nearly stole a win. Uh, Everton 1.1 to Tottenham 0.5 on XG. 0.3 according to Understat, which is really why we're giving them Burnley of the week. Because uh, 0.25 to 1.16 on Everton. So fully undeserved. Yeah, they kind of got it by default because every team kind of performed their numbers. Or were within like 0.7. Yeah, like they weren't so far off that it's unreasonable. This was the furthest away, I think. Uh, Also, just fun to give Burnley of the week to Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, any opportunity for you to hate hate on Tottenham, I guess. Harry Kane didn't start, so of course they finally went and scored a goal and got a point. Um, (laughs) You know, when you have Sun playing at striker instead of Harry Kane, that'll generally be good for your offense. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Sun did get sent off, so... You know, that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, the leg break. Yeah, that was grim. I mean, I really hope Gomez uh, 
well, I mean, recovers as He's quickly not, as he can. But yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it was awful. It was his foot was at right angles to his the rest of his leg. Yeah, I love how the commentator was like suspected broken leg here, and it's like, bitch, look at the image. <laughs> like it's facing the wrong way. Maybe he was just looking the other way, but yeah, that Andre Gomez is on his back with his legs up in the well. Kind of his knees up to his chest, yeah, and uh, yeah, his foot is, is parallel to the sideways. pitch. Yeah. yeah, looks like his whole shin as well. So I don't know where the break could. You be. want if you're gonna have a leg break, the middle of the shin is the best place because it heals faster and it heals cleaner. So hopefully it's there and not his ankle because like that's much much harder to heal. Yeah, it's much more of a mess. Um, but it's the sun. The actual red card itself is a bit harsh, and so I'm wondering if do you think. Because of the end result, which ultimately I don't, you know, I'm, I will admit I am not going to watch this on fucking slow motion. So feel free for any <laughs> anyone else if you really yeah. want to sit and watch it, crack on. Um, no pun intended. And but Sun flies in, and it's reckless. But you know, there's you've seen yellows given for that specifically in the Lesser Palace match earlier in the day. There was a flying tackle that I thought could have gotten a red and it just got a yellow in it. Well, and Gwendouzi last week, like last man and just, you know, neck height rugby tackle. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's it's kind of a yellow card. But then as Gomez comes through and then obviously ends up colliding with Aurier, I think his leg is broken before he hits Aurier. That's, it's almost that's what like people his... seem to be saying. Yeah, that it was when he planted his foot in the ground after the sun challenge. Yeah, which is mental how quickly he must be going or how much he must yeah. have dug in because yeah. he's he's basically his momentum has snapped his own leg. Ugh. It's That's horrible to think about. Like really horrendous. Horrible. And is. there's the you know, straight away everyone like Aurier's praying, Hume's yeah. son is crying, it there's people horrible. in the crowd. It, it was horrific. It was like really horrific to watch. You could tell like loads of the Everton players just crowded around him, stopped him from being able to see it and were just like consoling him and talking and talking and talking and just trying to distract him for whatever. But yeah, yeah, I hope he gets well. As soon as possible. But yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good, is it? He might not play the rest of the year, depending on how bad it is. He, but well, you know, it's very early speculation, but if, if he recovers at all. Well, yeah, I mean, hope. well, yeah, I guess there's no way to know really, but yeah, that did kind of distract from the football and from Tottenham being absolute trash and continuing to be absolute trash. Like it, yeah. I think they're more likely to finish tenth than fourth at this point. I mean, both those teams are just garbage at the minute. So a draw is kind of yeah, fair result. Like they just out garbaged each other. Yeah, Tottenham. I just sorted the table by expected points. Tottenham are fifteenth unexpected points. Oh, so that really does kind of highlight oh. how fucking trash they are. I put him in third in the predictor league. <laughs> yeah. sake. We're like eleven games in. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? Jeez. Yep, they're just barely, and by just barely, I mean zero point two expected points above Southampton. <laughs> so, you know, beaten nine nil Southampton. Yep, congratulations, exactly. Spurs fans. That's unexpected, obviously. Uh, in real points, they're on eleventh, so they're overperforming. Um, <laughs> you imagine telling a Tottenham fan that 11 game weeks in they would be in 11th place and that would count as overperforming their numbers Brilliant. yeah you must be happy mate you're in 11th and you haven't looked like it <laughs> that's pretty delightful and on that note I think we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with FPL and listener stuff so see you after the jump
back to the Miles Offside podcast. We've done the football. Now we're going to talk about imaginary football, fantasy football, if you will. Um, we've got our team, which obviously if you've been following along now, you know all about that we have a community squad. Uh, we've done bloody good this week. How good? Um, I've clicked on the wrong tab. One <laughs> second. 84 motherfucking points. 84? Fucking hell. Yeah. And no thanks to you pricks who suggested we captain De Bruyne. <laughs> um, four points. Uh, we all missed the opportunity to captain Lundstrom, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, Oscar even did the poll and put it up. It was an option. Full of puns. I was quite proud of that poll. What did I say? Mount Mason, Lundy Bridge, you down with KDB. <laughs> and uh, Lundy Bridge is a bit... Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a stretch. Yeah, I think I'm the only one that calls him Lundy, but whatever. It'll catch on. It's like, stop trying to make Fetch happen. I'm trying to make Lundy happen. <laughs> yeah, stop trying to make Lundy happen. You're never going to make it happen. Um, so yeah, absolutely fantastic belt-in week. Um, Should have cut in Lundstrom, for yeah. fuck's sake. Uh, but now we have to suggest another transfer. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? You want to go first this week, mate? Yeah, is it Chelsea-based? Of course it is. Of course it is. So we've got one free transfer in Tutbank uh, with 1.5 million yep. uh, to splash uh, out. People never seem to be willing to take a points hit, even though I always am. So I'm going to stop suggesting a points hit. So we're going to leave Tamori right where he is, because then we can right. do a one-for-one one swap. And I'm going to suggest Mount, who's been a bit off more recently to Pulisic. to Pulisic who's red hot and price rising <laughs> and American and a lot of our listeners are from America land and they will be happy in that regard and I feel like no honestly like I feel like he's a trendy answer right now everyone's gonna be picking him up so that might be one that people actually vote for for once so I'm gonna go Mount to Pulisic and Mason Mount's owned by like 37% of people and Pulisic's only six so he might get some price rises differential Indeed. How about you, Ian? What are you going to go for? I'm going super dull, but I think necessary. Yeah, so... go on then. You're going to do the same transfer as me again. Okay, let's see. Uh, Otamendi out, yep. chill well in. Fuck's sake. You're kidding. No, Get out of joking. here. <laughs> again? I was... This is like the third week we've picked the exact same transfer. Oh, me and you are just like fucking this, man. Like we're, we're, <laughs> Right there. We fucking know, man. We, we see the world for how it is. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I had, so I was looking earlier and I thought of, like, Otamendi was genuinely, I had three options, all of them involved getting Otamendi out. Um, One was to get Pereira in, uh, so the other... I've done that on my own team. Leicester defender. Uh, The other one, oh, fuck, I can't remember what it was now. But it was like a drop. Oh, that was it. I was going to get Jetro Williams in, Williams, because I love him. Of course you were. Um... (laughs) Got three bonus points and an assist, uh, yeah, in a 3-2 loss. Uh, win, sorry. And then I saw Chilwell and thought, ah, he's looked really good in all of his Leicester games recently and should have scored today. Uh, and he's like nearly a million cheaper than Pereira. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Otamendi to Lundstrom. Can we get him again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be lovely, wouldn't What it? about that one works, of the Liverpool it? guys? Either Robertson or TAA. Do we have both? We have one, and that's enough. I don't know. They're both really good picks. Like, they're not getting that many clean sheets, particularly, but both of them are just, like, the two most important attacking players for Liverpool, honestly, with Salah and Mane a bit off the boil, especially comparatively. Like, everything is coming out of those channels 
all the creativity. Like you look at their underlying numbers. Well, I mean, we could we could put as another option Otamendi to Robertson, but the, the only problem is that he might rise before. Yeah, but don't we have like one point something? No, we've got the exact money to do it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Also, I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is your pick. I already made mine. So, unless Ian wants to change his answer. Yeah. I mean, I changed my answer last week. It's true. You did. <laughs> you did. We could do uh, Campwell to McTominay. No. Vito. That's a ridiculous (laughs) suggestion, Ian. How dare you? Um, Snodgrass. Snodgrass has a funny name. Oh, I'm so annoying that you took it. Yeah, fuck it. Go on then. Campwell to Snodgrass. There we go. He's been good recently. Um, Campwell to Snodgrass, yeah? Yeah, he has looked good recently. Um, He scored. Nine and nine in his last two. He scored in consecutive. Yeah. Consecutive games. Mm -hmm. Nine, nine. He hadn't played before that, but, you know, in the two matches since he's been back, nine and nine. Playing. Burnley, then they're playing Spurs. So easy, you know, Burnley's tough, but Spurs is a walk. I mean, at least against Chelsea, you know they're going to get two goals. Guaranteed? Yeah, fuck it. Oh, yeah, Snodgrass. Campwell to Snodgrass. It's not going to get picked. How much you want to bet that's the one that ends up getting picked? I mean, if it gets picked, you're all daft. Nah, they'll do the right thing. Otamendi's Chilwell, they'll do the right thing. So that's it. Otamendi to Chilwell for a 0.2 boost. Uh, we go Campwell to Snodgrass, and then a third one, which I can't remember. Uh, oh, Mount to Pulisic, of course. No prizes for guessing who suggested that one. Uh, so that's it. We'll pop a poll up. Uh, I'll probably do it a bit earlier uh, than, than we have been, because normally I'll wait until the pod gets released. Um, so it'll already be out by the time you hear this. Find it. Find it. So that's the votes. Have we got some listener stuff, Ian? We have got some listener stuff. They came through again. Um, so let's take this opportunity to mention where you can find us. I often neglect this. It's my, my house. Fault. Yeah, we can find you at your house yeah. um, in the bushes if you can sift through all the koi carp on the pavement. Um, <laughs> yeah. He hasn't replenished that pond. Has he not? No. no. It's just now a puddle with no, no fish in it. Yeah. We were telling that story at dinner the other night, and Emily was 100% convinced that your cat was breaking into their house and getting the fish out of an aquarium. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure the dude just has a koi pond, like, in front of his house. I enjoy that it just... I I like when, you know, the kind of Chinese whispers thing happens and it just gets exaggerated and exaggerated. That's what's happened now. (laughs) Yeah, and eventually, like, my cat breaks into the Tower of London and steals the crown jewels. Yep, exactly. (laughs) That's where this is headed. Anyway, you can find us at Miles Offside Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as Miles Offside. You can email us. We haven't had an email for ages since that Australian bloke emailed us with that mental story oh, about... emu planes. Yeah, pooping themselves on emu planes. Yeah. So if you've got something longer, milesoffsidepod at gmail.com if you've got something longer. If you are the <laughs> listener from emu planes, please do write in. We want to make sure that you're doing okay. How is <laughs> yeah. your gastroenterologist... Um, and we'd love questions from new listeners. We've had a lot of new listeners, and they all seem to be sort of FPL-based, a lot of them. We've had a couple of FPL questions, but we'll take questions on anything, won't we? Yeah, literally out. We'll do out. <laughs> literally. So, also, you can get um, you can donate to the podcast to help us keep running this bullshit on patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod, uh, where there's various levels that you can donate. Um and you get various benefits for that. And that leads to Sam Danby's first question. He's a Patreon. He knows how it goes. Has anyone subscribed to a sock collection from Chuck yet? I mean, I'm still here. 
<laughs> what, like the day someone does that, you quit? That's I. I've been very clear that that is my that is the end, end game, game here. <laughs> yeah. um, Ian, do you want to go have these on a sock subscription? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no one's gone for it, surprisingly. I think it's because we don't advertise the spreadsheet benefit enough. It's just billed as the Get a Sock collection from Chuck, but it's also Get a Custom Spreadsheet from myself. And I think if people no, if the people the... knew this, they'd be lining up down the street. But they know they'll you'll give it away for free. <laughs> yeah, they do know that, Oscar. That's the just... problem. <laughs> They're calling my bluff. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. if they just get in touch with you and uh, ask for a spreadsheet ranking their, I don't know. Literally anything. I can make a spreadsheet that you literally can use anything, to yeah. rank literally anything. So anyway, no, Sam, no one has yet. They're all $5 patrons like yourself, and they get my occasional FPL ramblings, a nerdy newsstand from uh, Oscar occasionally. That's what you get. You get the occasional mini pod. Yeah, I save my input for the good shit. I'm worth it, baby. And you get an early day, one one day early release of the main podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, I release the podcast as soon as it's edited, whereas for everyone else, they get it on Wednesday morning. So there you go. No one's yet subscribed to a sock collection, Sam. Maybe you could upgrade and be the first. Come on, Sam. Yeah, come on, lift your game. Gotta be cold up there in Iceland or wherever. Norway? He's Norway, isn't he? Yeah, Norway. You want some good socks? Come on. Come on. Or as they say in Norway... <laughs> No, oh, don't start that again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or as they say in Norway... Sokin. Right? You need some good... Sokin. In the wintertime. What was it? Sokin. Right, Sam Danby also asks, if you all had to swap jobs for a week, who would do it best? Swap jobs with who? Each with other? With each other, yeah. Um, Shit. We all have very different jobs, don't we? Yeah, we do have very different jobs. We all have very different jobs. We should probably explain what, what we do. Yeah, I cook and shit. Yeah, Chuck's a chef. Yeah. I do numbers and stuff. You do, you're do. you professional at numbers, aren't you? Math. Mathematics or maths, as you guys would say. Mathematicians. Mathematician? How do you say it in English? In England, English. Mathematician? Mathematician. Yeah, but you guys call it maths. Yeah, because it's shortening of mathematics. Yeah. Yeah, but math is also a shortening of mathematics. Well, it's just a shorter shortening. No, if anything, it's dropping the middle part. It's not a shortening at all. But it's already a plural, so it's staying pluralized. How is, hang on, how is it missing out what middle part? You're taking off ermatics. No, you're taking off amatic, but then you put the S back. We lose the middle in that we keep the S on the end. Sticking the S makes less sense than dropping just the whole second half of the word. It's still a... Sh- Shut the fuck up. Get back to the question. <laughs> what does Ian do? And I'm a sound engineer for TV, so we have quite different jobs. Uh, I think I'd be pretty good at Ian's job if I had, like, obviously, a little bit of training. I'm, I'm going to go with Oscars because I can count. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just sit in a room and count all day long. It's true. I does good. Yeah, um, Oscar actually just watches Sesame Street a lot. <laughs> well... <laughs> The count is based on. Oh me. man! If I could be on Sesame Street, that would. I think that just became my new dream. New dream, be on Sesame Street. Yeah, I was watching like some Elmo videos the other day with my daughter. Mommy, Elmo won't stop saying. Elmo's <laughs> 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 sad. Elmo uh, is a. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. So neither so, of us wants Chuck's job, I guess, Ian? Well, I was going to say, I, th- I, I fancy myself as a cook, but then the, the other day I tried to grill that roast, so... <laughs> yeah, you forgot to turn the oven on. I, I, think, I think you could want to have my job, Ian, but I think there'd probably be people stopping you from doing it. Yeah, the question did yeah. say, what job would you be good at? And I don't think that, you know, giving the customers food poisoning is considered good. I used to be really good at maths. Maths was my thing when I was a kid at school. I even did my GCSE a year early. Oh! Yeah. No, I was a proper nerd. When they uh, like, O-levels then? O-levels, no. Well, it was GCSEs. It was GCSEs. Fucking O-levels. that come after the owls and before the newts? Yeah, nerd. Harry Potter joke. Yeah, 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 we know. But yeah, I've totally lost the knack now, so I don't think I don't think I'll, I don't think I'd be very good at the numbers. So basically, Ian, you are by default keeping your own job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if I if I had found if I had lucked into what I do now, fuck, I'll be living under a bridge. Honestly, it's a lot more letters <laughs> than numbers at at my level of math. Countdown. So I don't know. I think I think we're all in the right jobs, aren't we? We're all in jobs, at least. So Sam's got his last question. Oh, I don't understand this one. <laughs> what the fuck is the obsession with dancing next to a moving car? I don't <laughs> understand that question. Oh my god! You know it's old hat when I actually understand what the mean is. And you know Ian is super old when he's like, "What are you youths talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's a mean?" Well, so this is from like a year and a half ago. Now it's not particularly. I uh, maybe in Norway they only just got it. I don't know how, how slow they get stuff over there, but... I'd like to believe that. Yeah. yeah, they're all busy, like, living their life and enjoying it rather than sitting on, like, the internet. Let's see. So, in summer of 2018 or thereabouts, Drake dropped a song and there was, like, a... Was it still Vine? It might have been TikTok, where the people would get out of their car and dance. Supplementary question. What is a TikTok? <laughs> and who is Drake? What is Drake? <laughs> No, genuinely, answer this question. Oh, okay. What is TikTok? <laughs> TikTok is a short format video app, kind of like Vine used to be. So you get like 15 seconds or less to post videos. It's like social media. But imagine YouTube, but mini. And Drake is a Canadian rapper. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? That song? Do you know that song? Yeah. You, yeah. you play that song real loud. You get out of the passenger seat and do the, the dance. It's the same dance. And then you get back in. And that's, that's so the whole why, thing. Where does the car? Where did the car actually come into it? Because I can't remember what this was. I don't, it was one of those things that went viral, like the Tide Pod challenge. So it wasn't like on the music video or anything. It was just something that people started. Yeah, doing. no, I, th- I don't think it was the music video. I only know it from like Vine and TikTok and right. Twitter and Instagram and all that. And people kept like crashing their cars and shit. Yeah, it was like when Baby Shark first came out. It was right around the same time, and so people would do like Baby Shark dance and then post the Kiki Drake. Uh, dancing okay. next to your car challenge i don't know why sam's asking about it now because yeah like <laughs> june 2018 i want to say is when that was a thing so yeah i was definitely part of a uh, team baby shark last year <laughs> yeah <laughs> fully into that i was doing dance moves all through my living room but if you guys have more questions about the youths and the internet and memes and culture by all means let's make this a weekly segment come to me you I'm, know, your man. I'm, I'm, I'm all about <laughs> educating the memes. we'll call it educating ian <laughs> No, yeah, why not? Let's do that. Tell me about youth culture. Yeah, great. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dave Matteo asks, this is right in our wheelhouse as well. How early is too early for Christmas? Dave says anything before December the 1st is way too early. 
Well, how about I already started two days ago playing Christmas music. November 1 hit, and I was like, okay, Christmas jazz playlist on Spotify. Let's blast this shit all day long. Is it Ella Fitzgerald again? Yeah, Ella Wishes You a Swing of Christmas is the all-time greatest Christmas album. Yeah, after you said that, we we played that on Christmas Day after you said that last year. And uh, yeah, and? really enjoyed it. It's great. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, this year, I've been on the John Legend one already so far. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I had a mince pie on, like, Tuesday, I think. Yeah. In fact, I even texted you, Ian, didn't you I? Did. I was, yeah. It was just like <laughs> testing the water. It's like, how early is too early for a mince pie? Because I've just bought and eaten four. <laughs> yeah, it was very much after the fact, yeah. Yeah, it had already happened. Me and Chuck are aggressively insane about Christmas, so the answer to that question is never. I think, Ian, you're the more measured one here, so what's what's your response? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think when you have a, a kid around mine, my kid's age, he's nine, Christmas is brilliant, so I've really started to get into it. But still, when I was seeing stuff before Halloween's even out of the way, that was a bit too much. There's a couple of houses near me that have already got lights outside and stuff, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, really? that does seem oh. a bit much. I don't believe with that that misnomer about getting Halloween out of the way and all this, because Halloween's just bullshit. Like, it's, it irritates me every year, apart from the fact that, like, right now, I end up with a mountain of sweets because no one comes around to ask for them because we live on, like, a kind of, like, a bit tucked away from the main road. Um, so... You know, for the next week, I'll just be progressing along with my diabetes. <laughs> but yeah, Halloween's bullshit. They should just not bother. Yeah. Is it, is, isn't it less of a big deal over there? It's it is, way it's less. Get, it's getting there, I'll tell you, because it's really becoming. You guys thing. didn't really have Halloween or Thanksgiving, so like, was it just Christmas after July? Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, like for a long yeah. time? Yeah. Well, no, because we have we have like um, firework. We have bonfire night. No, no, right, right, right. stuffy guy. You burn the stuffy guy or whatever. Guy Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guy Fox. Yes. We, yeah, we celebrate a terrorist who wanted to blow up Parliament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shame. Um, yeah, there's been loads. In fact, I'm surprised you can't hear it now. But I suppose it's a bit late. But there's been a lot of fireworks going off today. So yeah, we'd maybe usually get that out of the way, I suppose, before you start thinking about Christmas. But it's definitely there's already a Christmas music channel started up. Yeah. So to me, it depends on how you're celebrating. Like, even by my standards, it is a bit early to decorate. Yes. I'm probably going to wait till like mid-November for that. Mid-November. Fucking hell. Yeah. But like, I and knowing full well that like I do it early, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that's about, I think, as early as you can get away with is like five to six weeks of Christmas decorations. But for Christmas, Christmas music and Christmas food, by all means, get on it. Why not? Christmas food. There's so many things that you eat like only at Christmas, but you should just eat all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Christmas music is just good music. Well, it depends on which album and which one, but there's like, there's some genuinely good Christmas music. This John Legend album, I've been banging it for like three days. It's good. These are all good things we should be doing year round. Yeah. Yeah. These are a few of my favorite things. Sky Cinema last year. Die Hard. Every day in December. (laughs) Sometimes twice a day. I can get behind that. Mince pies and die hard and jazz songs and kittens. <laughs> I, don't know, I ran out. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things. Yeah. That's a Christmas song. Right? A motherfucker. Favorite things. Uh, no, that's not a Christmas it song. It gets played. That's just a song about greed. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's the opposite, isn't it? It's something yeah, about noodles sort of. and poodles and kittens with mittens. Yeah. Who put mittens on kittens? I mean, it's it's the work of a sadist. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend it. Just be slipping everywhere. It's from a movie about singing Nazis, so yeah. I don't think the Nazis sang, did they? <laughs> that one did. You are sixteen, going on seventeen. I am a Hitler Youth. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a Hitler Youth. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that film. <laughs> I fucking love the sound of music, man. I've never seen it. <laughs> That's coming through, Chuck, actually, that you've never seen that. We've seen Die Hard 40 times. <laughs> I mean, I think if you tallied up the number of times people have seen Sound of Music versus the number of times it's Die Hard, like, it's swinging on the Die Hard side. <laughs> There's a Twitter poll right there. Yeah, actually, definitely a Twitter poll. <laughs> okay, which, which film have you seen more, Die Hard or Sound of Music? Yeah. I'm... Be running that shit all week. Okay, there you go. One week poll. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. Thanks for that question. If you want to get involved, then tweet us, email us, milesoutsidepod at gmail.com. We're milesoutsidepod on all the socials. Get involved with this stuff. Fixtures next week. Fixtures next week. Fixtures next week. Nearly Christmas. Got Christmas songs. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to Christmas songs after this. Um, Friday night game. We love them. Uh, they're always good. It's always a real great way to start off the week. Oh, who, who's uh, playing, fixtures. Chuck? We've always been saying that. Um if we could, could someone come up with a phrase that is the polar opposite of the immovable object meets an unstoppable force? Um, <laughs> if you can come up with that, thank you very much. It's Norwich Watford. Yeah. <laughs> can Watford finally get a win? I think Watford are finally going to get a win. Friday night. Who fucking thought we're putting that on? Sky must be delighted with that fixture. Wow. They wait as well, don't they? November, they don't release till like mid-October. Like Norwich had been losing. Yeah. Watford still hadn't won. Ah, oh, that's on telly. Go out on Friday night, guys. See the world. I decided the phrase. We got the battle of warm butter versus a limp noodle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But we got a, 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 a Saturday morning. Oh, uh, what's happening Saturday morning? Interesting little fixture there, isn't it? Uh, it's the bloody mop derby. Oh, they only come around twice a year. Only comes twice a year. Same as me. Uh, (laughs) Chelsea Palace at Tutbridge. You guys usually do well against us. I hate this match. I hate this match. You say that, but I'm sure you said that last year and we lost both. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it again this year and, uh, you know, hopefully same result. It's it's going to be 4-2, isn't it? And I'll be happy with that because it means we would have scored two. You're going to score two Ayu and Zaha. No, and Millie. A penalty scored off of a Zaha dive, obviously. <sighs> Doesn't dive. No yep. empirical evidence for that. <laughs> and uh, we'll score three. All three. We'll score four. Three goals from Pulisic and three goals from Callum Hudson Odoi. Two of them disallowed by VAR. Oh, there you go then. Predictions done. Uh, then we've got Burnley, West Ham, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton, Spurs, Sheffield United. Those are the fixtures that should be buried at three o'clock. Norwich and Watford should be buried in that three o'clock <laughs> shit slot. Correct. Southampton could destroy Marco Silva's career here, surely. As if he needs any help. Well, yeah, but if Southampton win this, there's a good chance. To be fair, it's the- also a candidate for what should be shown on Friday night. Well, yeah. That's how garbage that fucking game is. Ugh. I'm obviously watching Spurs Sheffield there in the hopes that Sheffield put, I don't know, 9 0 on Spurs. Lundstrom hat trick. Captain Lundstrom. Captain, always Captain Lundstrom. Captain Lundstrom. It's a fact. Uh, then we actually get an exciting fixture at 5 30 is Leicester Arsenal. Um, 
goal fest. Then we've got Man United at home to Brighton on Sunday. Brighton going to win. Um, Wolves against Aston Villa at the same time. And then um, some other fixture. Not important. Not really important, is it? No. No real implications. Um, bloody Liverpool, Man City. I mean, that hasn't been getting bigged up, has it, at all? Did, uh, you saw I sent you the uh, Sky Sports Star Wars promo for it. It did make me quite happy. High production value, that. Some lightsaber noises and good stuff. Who's the dark side out of it? Who's the Sith and who's the Jedi? Well, they sort of, like, they, they seem to make out, like, they took a picture of Klopp with a sort of hoodie on or something. I think it was supposed to give you Darth Vader vibes, but wasn't doing it for me. Uh, well, the Jedi were horrendously inept and confident, but mostly relying on their history. And unprepared. <laughs> and unprepared. So I think that the Liverpool are the Jedi here, and the Sith were uh, sneakily working in the background uh, through mostly financial means and illegal <laughs> um, transactions to establish a base of power and then take over the universe. Uh, so I think that's pretty clearly Man City. Committing mass genocide. <laughs> oh, hang on. We've gone too far. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, have we? Um, blood money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Liverpool City. Uh, it is... Uh, I mean, it's we've, we've said it enough times over and over, but this is... I mean, it either puts the lead at three points or six points the same or nine. Those are the outcomes. <laughs> These are things that can happen. One, one draw. All over it. Oh, oh yeah, it's so gonna boring. be in it. Yeah. I am yeah. hoping for a very emphatic Manchester City win. Yeah, that's what I want. I want I want the XGs to balance themselves out because Man City have been underperforming by two goals. Man uh, Liverpool have been overperforming by two goals. So four nil City. There you go. That would be low. It is written. It is decided. It is written. It is decided. Uh, we start with Norwich Watford and we end with Liverpool City. How about that? Bottom of the table to top of the table, literally through the week. And uh, that's about it. Just so we've done our FPLs. Get yourselves on the Twitters, Miles Offside Pod. And all that remains to be said is goodbye, gents. Uh, it's been lovely once again. Yep, this week. so long. Farewell. <laughs> I to say, say goodbye. goodbye. Uh, something. Uh, uh, don't worry, chat. You haven't seen news. it. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Goodbye, goodbye.